you know, I must say, Redfield, you know, I mean, I know we're here for this interview, pal, but we got to pack it up here. I mean, I hate, I do love a good bit of knowledge, and you are a knowledgeable man because, well, folks, we get on to the intro now. Welcome here to another episode of The Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Soul, and with me today, the knowledgeable one, the gentleman of all around here in Scotland, Leon Redfield. Welcome, my friend, to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. How are you doing tonight? Very well, Redfield. Very well, man. Now, Redfield, as I always love to say with every guest on the show, every guest has a story and every story has a beginning. Redfield, how did your story begin as a wrestling fan? Uh, right, this takes me back now. I was very, very young. The first match I remember watching uh, was <laughs> it was Crush versus Doink the Clown of all the matches. Um, it, was, it was on like Sky One, and this this was when Crush was uh, Crush was a goodie, Doink was evil, and there was like ten crushes or something. I remember it was probably only two, but I remember a lot of evil clowns attacking them, and I was like, "That's me. I'm in." I'm in. Uh, so I must have been six or seven at that point. And that, that was it. Hooks were in. Hook, line and sinker, Redfield, indeed as well. You know, I mentioned Doink there. You know, my first exposure to Doink was the whole Dark Side of the Ring documentary covering, you know, Matt Boyd's right. whole career and legacy, you know. And Doink, you know, kind of had a resurgence. You know, he's back in the video games, had like a Hasbro Plus, no, Hasbro Plus, like a, a, a figure uh, build around him as well that people could get for a classic Raw set. Do you think mm-hmm. Doink really is one of those slept-on superstars within WWE's history? Genuinely, feel like he was a very underrated uh, heel, very underrated bad guy. Um, the, like the was it the Crush match, or there, there was a there was a WrestleMania match where they did the whole doppelganger thing, where where they were doing like the mirror image, and yeah, um, Crush, you know, Crush getting annoyed at him, making kids cry, like yeah, it's this. There's definitely a place for him. Um, so yeah, no, uh, like he, he terrified kids. So absolutely, the more the more kids we have terrified at wrestling, the the, the better, you know. Well, that's always a good job to see. You know, getting people engaged and having a reaction is the main thing we want within the wrestling business. But obviously, you know that time period as well. It's so special to people. You know, obviously that was kind of like late new generation, then going on to attitude era, sort of cross between the eras. And obviously, myself, you know, not watching. Around then, because obviously I wasn't even in existence at that point. But that time period being so special, is it just nostalgia? You think Redfield, or do you think it was truly energetic product at the time? It's it was nostalgia, and it, I feel like a lot of it is now a match happens or a show happens, and there's there's hundreds of reviews of it before the show's even finished. Um, you can go on YouTube or, or Twitter or. or or X, sorry, um, and see so many people talking about something that's that's, that's barely finished or, or, or halfway through it. You didn't have that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely going to date myself now, but back when I first started watching wrestling, it was like you would watch Raw or Nitro on the Friday, like five days after it aired in the States. Didn't know what was, you know, we didn't really have internet to the extent that we did now. And, you know, Vince would reveal himself as a higher power on the on the Monday. We'd find out on the Friday or Saturday morning, and you're the only people you could really talk about it was the other talk about it with was the other weird kids in the playground. So everybody built things up. You built you built things up with each other, and I think that's that's literally all it was like. Um, not not to take away for like the like the actual work that was going on because as well as all the storylines like you had the rock you had austin you had 
uh, what's his name again? Uh, Kurt Angle. How do you forget Kurt Angle's name? It's mm. been a long week. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you know, you, you had these guys who could who could wrestle as well. Um, and that's, and then as you get older, you start appreciating those guys a bit more. And when you go back and watch it, uh, something I've actually started doing um, is watching 1996 Nitros, uh, just oh. for the sort of when the NWO formed. And it's mad because you, you'll have like NWO for like half the show, but then they'll randomly throw out a 10 minute cruiserweight match where you're sitting watching it being like, no one had seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, nostalgia, but also, you know, the guy, the guys could work and they could get a, a reaction. Uh, so, ah, Redfield, you're absolutely right there, pal. And especially, you know, WCW, you mentioned that there, and I mean the NWO and the Cruiserweights, two great things. But the NWO, especially, you know, they would have their own independence or pay per view as well. NWO sold out, kind of a failure, kind of not the best thing the company did at that point. But do you think it was maybe? ahead of its time like now in our day and age, like i'm thinking of stuff like a bullet club f- focused uh pay-per-view or something like do you think it was maybe ahead of the time yeah I, i'm not there in the watch for because like like I, I watched it in sort of real time um i i, I did watch nitro growing up um mm. so i think for me um and, and this, this is purely like armchair booking oh well i would i would have done this obviously yeah um but i think having a pay-per-view where or, or having like the baddies just in total control where there's no light at the end of the tunnel you, you need that light like when vince was on top you had austin coming at him and austin you knew austin would get him at some point you never had that with the nwo it was always hogan's on top because hogan is on top and there was never there was never any end like light at the end of the tunnel um i think that is kind of what killed it among like a myriad of other <laughs> you know decisions <laughs> no absolutely i mean especially you, know, you mentioned you know killing it i was like wwe wcw was killing it and doing so many great things and then there was a point where it just went wrong and i feel like people isolate these to three points it's when they announced that mick foley was going to win the wwe title or it was when david arquette won the wcw title or it was the whole Hulk Hogan bash of the beach situation with Vince coming out and cursing him in front of the live audience. I know Redfield, out of those three situations within WWE's history, which one do you think was the downfall? Um, it's, hard, it's hard to pinpoint that, really. Um, I think, the, for me, um, given the actual wrestlers like creative control over their own like matches and storylines like i think you need that to a degree but when hogan's and, and i think with the the was it the dark side of the ring uh came out and, sh- and did the bash at the beach you, you seen like it was literally in his contract that he can't like he has creative control over over everything um it's just not going to work if everybody's got that and it's too many cooks it's too many eagles um but at the same time you look back in it and it is entertaining maybe not for the reasons they want it to be but it is entertaining um i'd, I'd say uh telling everybody that mick foley's uh, going to win the rise of late and everybody immediately jumping over to see what happens <laughs> is 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 a, a sort of unparalleled uh, cell phone 
I mean, I'm sure there were a few broken TV remotes, people trying to scrounge up and get those remotes and change the channel as quick as they can. And obviously, you know, those that we continue on and have their final Nitro, which Vince came out about. I mean, someone you probably watched that live, I'm correct, Redfield, right? Uh, not so much live, you know, like as, as live as we got. So mm. it would have been, it would have aired on the Monday and I would have watched it on the, uh, the Friday. Right. And it, it, it was strange because I was watching WCW was on Bravo at that point, I believe. So I still, I still tried to watch both of them. I watched Nitro first, and I do remember like Vince, like the because it's a set of Vince opening up with uh, Raw's War, mm-hmm. and it was a bit, it was, it was for, for for my like what age would have been like sort of fourteen at that time. It was like what's what's happening here, <laughs> like, um, and then you know the rest, uh, what what happened, what unfolded, unfolded. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean. I feel like though that last Nitro ending of Sting and Ric Flair kind of facing off is very sentimental to the company's history. Oh yeah. It, Redfield, I'm going to propose to the question right now. It might be a bit difficult, but I want you to build your Mount Rushmore of WCW. Four individuals you think were like the pillars of world class. Well, you, I mean, Sting and Flair have got to be on there. Um, I would, I, I'm, I would be tempted to put the horse just more horsemen up there but I'll, I'll keep it to flare but with the asterisk that you know arn and ole and tolly should, mm-hmm. should be there as well um i would say mysterio's got to be there because he wasn't the only one but he, he was sort of the flagship of the you know the cruiserweights the lucha libra that they brought over and that that was a big factor for people watching it for me watching it like 10 year old me watching nitro at, the, at that point and just being blown away by what this this guy this guy they, they're, they're calling was oh he's tiny he's tiny he's the same height as me but he's tiny you know uh, and this, this, the stuff that he's doing um and <clears throat> i would honestly I, I, I would put vader up there i think he's very underrated these days because people remember his last wwf run but sorry early 90s he was unstoppable he, he they pushed him like an absolute killer um and i think he like he especially like the sort of the wcw era moving away from nwa he was like he was like their big bad for a few years mm-hmm. so yeah i'd say sting flair mysterio invader i'll probably remember after i finish we finish up i'll probably remember about five other people that should have been there <laughs> but you know those are those are the um those, those are guys that I'm, I'm drawn to. Like those, those are like four, like the guys, like that I remember mm-hmm. from from I mean, watching it. I tell you what, all good picks all around, and I think it just shows that even now people look back at WCW with so many fond memories because it was a very special place. It was indeed. Now, of course, Redfield yourself as well. You would, you know, being a fan as always, but you'd be one step further and actually get into the squared circle. You know, that process of going into training. How did that come about? Was it just a on a look at the dime or thinking yeah let's go yeah it was it was opportunity and um sort of being in the, the right place at the right time uh when andy decided to open formerly fpwa now pwr pro um so i'd actually i've been kicking about for a while um because joe hendry had opened a school like a month or two before mm. uh but I, I was still staying at fife at that time and it wasn't feasible for me to to get through to, to, to Joe's school um, uh, or, or with the shifts I was working uh, at my 
my, my real job. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a regular nine to five, so I couldn't really commit. And around about the time that Andy opened up FBWA, I was moving over to a, a more regular nine to five job. Um, and it just, it just made sense. Um, and yeah, it was just an email to, to Andy and about a month after that, we were, we were, uh, the sort of the first intake of, uh, of FPWA. Hey, I mean, I've had so many from, you know, formerly FPWA, you know, from like the Daisy Jenkins, the Jason Reed, Hunter Sampson, Johnny Lyons, Lexi Campbell, so many great talent as well. And I've learned from, you know, their time speaking to Johnny and Andy about their learning style. And I wonder if you know from yourself, Rev, learning under that style of you know, learning, how beneficial is it to you? It, it's great. Um, the, the one thing that um, Andy always said when he opened the school is he, he didn't want there to be like a sort of culture of, of bullying or, or hazing or anything like that. Um, he wanted like a sort of family uh, environment. And it's something that him and, and, and Stu uh, sorry, Johnny. I've been great at um, sort of making like you, you. You go there. Everyone's uh, everyone has a laugh. Everyone's uh, just really supportive, um, and it's great for for someone. Especially uh, that was a late start. I was thirty two when I started uh, training. Um, so to to have like that sort of the um edge on, edge on guys in terms of advancing years um you know some of the guys we've got are like like you mentioned lexi's 16 uh we've got the par who are i, I think if you combine their ages i'm still older than them <laughs> um you know but but there's unbelievably talented guys mm-hmm. um so you, when you've got that family environment and you're training with with people like 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 the ones I mentioned, and then like Tommy Cartel, like Daisy Jenkins, you know, just really, uh, really sort of inspiring people. Um, you're only mm. going to get better. No, and I, I, mean, I, like, I like to think that's that's how we all sort of feel. Oh, absolutely, Redville. I mean, even with your age, my friend, you know, you've got the wisdom, the why. You've been through many. You've got the the mindset. I know you. You've tried to you know educate others that you know you know you tried to give them wise and tips. You know. What happened there? Yeah. I need to know. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm sort of the elder, the elder statesman of, of, uh, uh, and this, this is going to be a, uh, going to be tricky for me to start saying PWR Pro instead of FPWA, uh, <laughs> since it's, it's literally just been a couple of days ago that we, that the, the change was announced. But you know, you, you can take a horse to, to water, but you can't make it drink. And I can only, you know, tell these sort of these young greenhorns where to you know what what to do um it's up to them whether they they listen to me or not you know fair dues but i mean if say if they're watching right now and they're thinking you know hey maybe have some points what kind of lessons would you give to these guys watching um just you know just follow my lead you know that's mm-hmm. simple as they have got to lead by example man i think they will because i mean you do have a victory under your belt as well, because I know you and Zachary Swift tweet, uh, teamed up against the Me Factory at Trufford Air and came out with a win. We did, we did single-handedly, uh, not a, you know, absolutely fair and square. Um, there was no controversy surrounding the end of that match whatsoever. <laughs> um, and yeah, myself and, and, and young Zachary are uh, have a, our first official win. Um, I, I believe that was his his first win. Uh, on a on a full FPWA show or now PWR pro show, um, 
So, yeah, um, that's what I mean. Follow my example and the wins keep coming. See, you've got the example and the evidence right there, Redfield. But obviously, you know, we have talked about it, about, you know, FBWA now becoming, you know, pro wrestling radio. I'm not even going to get the name mixed up because I'm so used to FBWA. It's going to be real tough one to get out the vocabulary there. But when that when, when I saw the change on the Instagram, I was kind of like a, taken aback, like, whoa, I don't remember, like, I didn't hear any kind of rumors or anything like this coming about. For you guys, you know, did you have ringlings of this coming about? Or was it literally just that picture of you guys sat down and just speaking in front of you and just saying, here we go? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, we knew that there was a new paint job coming. Uh, we knew the, the the unit was getting freshened up, but we didn't know that a full rebrand and expansion was coming. Because um, that, that's that's the the um, the other part of it as well as we're continuing the sort of the the, the training school in Glen Rothes, but there's also one opening across the water in in, uh, in Livingston. Um, so that it was a it was a lot of news to take in and. and but to be honest with you, I think it just shows how much, uh, how successful um, Andy's been in mm-hmm. sort of building this this um, this brand up, uh, this school up. Um, I think he, he, he's gone on the record, I think, as saying that he wants to make it like a sort of destination training school. I think if he's not already done that, he's well on the way to doing it. I think with the quality of the seminars that he lines up, uh, like the two-day Rampage Brown seminar that we just had uh, at the start of last month, uh, you know, and if, if we've got the two two schools in play, there's just so much uh, so much more that we can do, really. Oh, absolutely, mate. You know, and I have talked about you know with the seminars, you know, you know, Pat Hunter and Daisy talk about them. You know, Rampage Brown and Wild Boar. You know, I want to know, right? We'll see if you can go to Andy and say, I want to have this person, specifically this person, come in for a training seminar. Who and why? Okay, so are, are are we talking, you know, realistically, or just you know, anyone, anyone Dead at all? Wallet. Let's go! Come on, make the anyone, team. A, anyone at all? Um, I would pick someone who, I, um, I could cop out here and 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 pick a couple of guys, but I'll go for one guy, and I would love an hour training under Samoa Joe, Ooh. purely, purely because he, he a guy who's been around, he's done it all, he's, I, I think he's one of the most complete. Uh, bigger guys that ha- has wrestled full stop, mm-hmm. um, and just the, I, I don't think he's had a bad match. Genuinely, like everything he does just looks fantastic. So oh. even a, a, an hour, an hour of picking his brains would uh, would be wonderful. That would be classy. I'm thinking it now. That that'd just be spectacular. And obviously, Joe, he's had so defining eras. You know, Ring of Honor, TNA, NXT. Main roster WWE and now AEW. Which era of Joe Redfield do you think is the best? Well, I'm I'm of an age, and I think uh, I don't know if you'll remember this, but um, we used to have the wrestling channel, uh, sort of early two thousands, and that was my first exposure to Joe because it would run Ring of Honor, so mm. that's where I first seen Joe versus Punk one, two, and three, and. Um, Match the match I particular particularly remember was uh, Joe and Jay Lethal versus uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it was Homicide and Loki actually. Just this big like huge brawl throughout the arena. So uh, yeah, like I'd say Ring of Honor Joe just because no, he was something different even in what was an emerging company that was that was different from everything else. He was different still. He was just a sort of bigger dude. Um, who moved like he wasn't a picker dude. 
Ah, oh, fair dues indeed, Redfield. And obviously, I want to propose what I like to do is like the little dream scenarios. And sometimes it's either someone winning a title or someone you know, having a dream match. But I want to propose to you a dream retirement match. Not yourself, Redfield, but how would you have Samoa Joe's retirement match? Who would you want him to face in his final ever match? I think purely because, like I touched on this earlier, um, and it, it might wind, wind up being Punk's retirement match, but I think oh, that, 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 that Punk versus Joe... Uh, like that, that rivalry in Ring of Honor just did so much for both of them, and it got so many people invested. Um, I think Punk versus Joe would be the way to go. Um, failing that, running it back, um, AJ Styles, because I think they, they two work so well together. Yeah, that would be a that would be a banger. Very much would be a banger indeed, and I, I would be very very excited to see that. I mean, who knows? Maybe AJ's contract can expire. We can get that all in next year in Wembley. Oh, we can but hope. We can but hope. Uh, I'm hoping as well. And obviously, you know, AWLN coming back to Wembley next year is such a very important thing for UK wrestling. Shows we've got a drive for the product. We want to see it. We want to get the tickets. We want to, you know, screw Ticketmaster. I know that's a pain in the ass, but we just want to get there and get to the shows and see them. Redfield, for all into, now obviously within the UK, do you feel like they're going to go bigger and badder or do you think they're going to kind of keep the same hype level as last time? I mean, it's one of those um, sort of peek behind the curtain I had every designs on going to it all in but decided to buy a house instead so um, you know uh, hopefully next year I'll be in the position where where I can go but like I I feel like everyone I knew was there um, and it it looked like wrestling had had taken over London for you know a a couple of days Um, it it, it felt like a Wrestlemania weekend um, in terms of like everything that was on i know i know there was some uh there's some other shows as well apart from AEW there so i think it like genuinely if they could turn that into a yearly thing um i think they'd, they'd be onto something because there's so many of us um that want something like that but conceivably going to america every year for wrestlemania it's it, it's not feasible for for most people in the uk or in europe but if it's in london or if it's in glasgow or edinburgh or or you know um manchester somewhere accessible for us i think they've got like they have i feel like they would sell that out every year just because we're ravenous for it exactly and i mean Riff, i need you to educate me man i'll see if i'm going insane or something because i've always vocalized you know i want a big show like wrestlemania or, or all in or impact bound for glory or something like that in the Hydro or Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh, and people say, I'm crazy. No, they wouldn't do it. We're not that, you know, the, Scotland's not the market for it. They, you know, they, why would they bring such a big historic shows like them to the U, like the Scottish stadiums? And do you think I'm crazy, or do you think that is a missed opportunity? I, I think that's absolutely something that they should, that, you know, is, is feasible for sure. Um, Mark, I mean, I, I live, I'm, I'm walking distance from Murrayfield, so I'd be absolutely fine with that. Um, so, yeah. Um, if Murrayfield can hold Taylor Swift two nights in a row, which we're going to do next, about eight months or something, ten months, something like that, um, we could hold wrestling. Because as much as I love wrestling, Taylor Swift is, is a bit more mainstream. Um, so if if we can have um, Taylor Swift there two days in a row, I don't see why we couldn't have something like a wrestle not even necessarily a wrestlemania but you know like a money in the bank or a or an all-in or 
Bound for Glory might be pushing it in terms of, I think, Impact's fantastic show, but it doesn't have the capital behind it that, you know, the, the other two do. Um, mm. Although it's, it, it is a, it's a show I really enjoy and there's a lot of great workers on there. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it's time will come. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's time will come and then, you know, who knows, Taylor just got connected with Jeff Jarrett. Maybe we'll see them two on a, an AW yeah. stage. And that oh, absolutely, the- Cool. I fear the day that comes because you know all the Taylor Swift days are going to be like, get me the AW T-shirt that has Taylor Swift on the tiny little limit <laughs> on the bottom right, and they sell out. Best, best merch ever. Now, Ozzy oh. Redfield, like you are someone who's got the insight, the education, the intelligence, and a few of your, you know, pro wrestling ready pro, thing got it right there. You know, students or friends and colleagues are going to be doing some other shows. You know, I know Hunter Sampson's got a four-way for the pro wrestling too. Um, Scottish in, uh, International Championship, which is a previous guest of the show, Frank Crossholds. I want to know if you could speak to Hunter right now and offer him some insight to maybe get this win. What insight would you ins- give to Hunter? Hunter is. I'm, I'm sure you've met you've met Hunter in person. He is. Yeah, he, he he knows when it's raining before anyone else does. You know, he's he's a big lad, um, and. The only thing he has to do is use his size because if, if he turns up and does that, it's very difficult for anyone to stay in contention with him because he's not he's not just big, he's he's jacked. The dude is the dude is jacked and it's hard to see how anyone could hang with him. I mean I, I know, but I I don't you know, just in case our paths cross, I don't want to give that away. Uh I don't want I, 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 I don't wanna give him too much information, but yeah, he's he he's an absolute unit of a guy, and it's going to be very hard for anyone to to hang with him, really. Very trendy. And another, you know, colleagues, another one of yours is Daisy Jenkins is going against Casey for the Discovery Wrestling Women's Championship. A very big thing for Daisy, who's been killing it this year. We've been not only just you know the UK scene, she's been over to Dubai and done stuff there. Do you think this is Daisy's time now to get that championship, or do you think she needs to take a few more lessons under the Redfield, you know, encyclopedia? I think um, Daisy's more than ready. She's um, you, you, you've spoke to Daisy. Um, you, you know Daisy. She's she is that ray of positivity. She's such a driving force. Um, she's been probably more instrumental in my career than she, she would probably realise. She's fantastic and i think now is her time to step up and take that title um and bring it back to well she doesn't even have to take it back to fife now she can take it back to livingston you know on the good side of the bridge and very 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 nice and you know it, it's sunny over here on the other side of the bridge i don't mind it i love it it's my home indeed but obviously your mentor your teacher your sensei andy roberts is going against g money for the y division championship at discovery wrestling do you think maybe the student here has some insight the teacher doesn't to get this win and championship? I think this attitude change that Andy's had for the last year is exactly what he's been needing. Um, mm. Anyone that's, uh, I think anyone that's, that, that spoke with him prior to that could probably see there was a change coming. Um, and I think for his career, it's fantastic that he's decided to just focus on getting that killer instinct 
and I think he's a very different person from the last time he wrestled for the Y Division Championship, which I believe was against Joe Coffey um, many, many years ago. And I think now's his time to take that Y Division Championship. So we've got two of them. We've got the Women's Championship and the Y Division Championship sitting in uh, PWR Pro in Livingston. Not, not in Fife, in Livingston. Very true indeed. Well, Redfield, I mean, all very good insights as well. But I want to know for yourself, Redfield, I'm going to propose another dream situation here. I think belts are lovely, as viewers can see. I'm a sure. big guy of them. If you had to have a dream title around your waist, why this particular title? I'm, go- I'm going to go the road less travelled, and I'm going to say there's a specific design of this which is the WCW United States title from around 98, 99. I think that's an absolutely gorgeous belt. It's the same belt that um, I remember seeing. It was like DDP, Sting, uh, Bret Hart. They would all, uh, they sort of passed back and forth at the tail end of 98. It's an absolutely beautiful title. And it's one that, um, this this is a, a weird thing for me. I always thought that the WCW titles just looked better than the WWF ones at the time. Okay. Um, I can't put my finger on why. I, I just think there, like there was more gold, and it looked more like this is this is this is a championship as opposed to you know like 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 an, an accessory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that old style uh, US title for me is just gorgeous. I would I would love that one. Or failing that, the old WWF European one was uh, was that was pretty sweet as well. All right, very good choices. You know, a lot of a lot of fans of the internet like to say the win the wing eagle is the most beautiful championship of all time. It's the best looking WWE championship. Like I disagree. I think it's the spinner just to show people play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Shame Edge never got his old. Uh, he was supposed to have one, wasn't he? Like a variation yeah. of that, but that never never um, came to pass. I don't think. Yeah, times will tell in this wonderful world of wrestling. But obviously, you know, Redfield, Redfield, Redfield. Oh, I mean, think of that. I mean, I think of the good old classic. You know. Chris Redfield, you know, Resident Evil, hell of a game series. Well, and I want to know as well, you know, Redfield, you know, so many characters in that. You know, I think of like Hunk, you know, Chris Redfield, you know, Leon, Kennedy, you know, Mr. X, Wesker. And I want to know, Redfield, if you could build a stable of four other individuals, but let's say the Resident Evil characters, who would you want in your stable? I mean, you, you won't crush there purely for his boulder punching abilities. Yeah. Um, you want Leon there because I, look at him, you know. <laughs> you gotta have some eye candy there. Um, mm-hmm. You would want Wesker purely for the superhuman uh, aspect of it, and from there, I'd probably take Ada. You don't want you know the the grappling hook. You know, it's it's iconic. Hey, you got your own judgment day going on here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I want to deviate for a second, but I'll talk about these Resident Evil games because my first ever Resident Evil was five, <laughs> right? And it was I, I hey, I completed it, I loved it. But with five and six, they're sort of the black sheep of the mainline family, and I know they've been remaking two, you know, two, three, and four. Going on to five and six, do you think it's going to be a bit of more of a hurdle to remake these games? Do they do more changes? Do they, you know, kind of just do big touch-ups? What do you think is the best way to tackle these two kind of black sheep of the mainline series? So I've had this conversation a few times with my partner, really, and I think with Resident Evil 5, there is the basis of a a good game. 
uh, we played through that for the, well, I'd already played it, but he he hadn't uh, before. So we played through that for the first time uh, a, a year or so ago, and it's it's good. It's it's fine. It's just it leans more into action as opposed to horror, which is where I think they've been trying to bring the series back to with the remakes. Um, so I think the only way to really do that is to eliminate the co-op thing. You, you know the core <laughs> the core tenant the games are built on um and focus more on the, on the story um because there is there is a, a there is a good game in there it's just a lot of it is bogged down with you know patchy ai or in the, in the case of resident evil 6 it's just dull it's just boring uh was the problem um which i've never said about a resident evil game even code veronica which isn't my favorite has got the weird the weird cross-dressing guy um who dresses as a dead sister or, or whatever the plot of that is no, like you, you yeah yeah as you, you you've got something there to be like you know this is this is a weird resident evil game you don't really have that in six so i don't know how they would remake that without you know just completely burning it to the ground and starting again whereas i feel like five at least has the semblance of a of a plot they could use mm-hmm. and making it fit in of course, I mean, should Chris keep his boulder punching powers? Though that's oh, the main thing. Hundred, they, they absolutely have to because they referenced it in Village, so they can't take it out of this this new uh, this sort of new uh, new uh, timeline. They absolutely have to keep that in. Otherwise, that that throwaway line from Heisenberg doesn't make any sense. And I'm I'm clinging to that. Mm. Also, that the fans would absolutely maul them if they if they didn't uh, include that. Of course they would. Of course they would. I mean, you know, seven and eight, you know, Village were very good very very good first person everything you know i think of you know lady demetrescu took over the internet for like two months of just how popular she was yeah i mean it's surprised that you know resident evil was you now for the people watching me not be familiar it's history with live action films and hasn't been hmm, perfect work here decent <laughs> hasn't been very yeah. decent you know you had the Mia Jovovich movies, which I think the first two were good. Then after that, it just went off the goddamn hurdle. And then they had that Netflix series. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I, their Redfield. Because I mean, I heard a line in there that I was immediately like, "No, I'm dipping out." I, oh, was, I mean, it Z- was it the Zootopia line? By yes, the Zootopia yeah. line. Yeah. Um, I I gave it a chance um, because I know a lot of people would probably not because of the changes to the characters. Um, well, well, there was only really one established character, I think, which was Wesker. Mm. Um, I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a chance, but I, I dipped out not around about the time, not because of that line, but around about that time. I just, I decided there was, a, you know, there was things that were, I, I could better spend my time doing. Yeah. Like, you know, playing a Resident Evil game that I enjoyed. Go 100% there. But I mean, it's kind of interesting, though, because obviously, you know, there's sort of a resurgence of classic horror games. Silent Hill 2 coming back for the PS5 and a movie adaptation continuing the original film from back in the day with Resident Evil. Do you, How do you think they should tackle a live-action adaptation? Should they maybe do a continuation of the, the second movie with Mia's, you know, with Mia from the Raccoon, Escape from Raccoon City or Scorcher redo? In all honesty, just read, like, if they wanted to do... I, I don't understand why when they did Resident Evil, they decided to just not do anything related to the games at all other than the name mm. um, and the T-Virus. So I would absolutely have... Um, I, 
they could absolutely build like a like a decent horror film from the first Resident Evil game, just set mm-hmm. set in the Spencer estate, um, much like they did with the first Silent Hill film, which is it has its flaws, but it's it's still watchable. Um, it still feels like uh, you're watching a bit of Silent Hill media. Um, and and now we've got the same uh, same director coming back to actually do a proper sequel, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, just um, like I'd, I'd really like them to see something like, and this this is out of the blue, but I'd love to see them get uh, one of the sort of newer uh, horror directors, someone like Jordan Peele, to do something like that. Um, get get his spin on it because every horror film of his I've watched, I've loved. Uh, so I'd love to see him sort of tackle something like that. Like, like uh, it's, it's all original properties he does, I think. So Mary tries to, like an established one. Oh, hey, that'd be absolutely good and interesting indeed. And obviously we did touch upon, you know, Resident Evil Village, you know, which is Resident Evil 8. And that had sort of a, a kind of a cliffhanger ending with even, you know, Winter's Door. I mean, we're going on with, you know, being the ninth game in the mainline series at that point. Where do you think they can go with that Redfield? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. I think it'll probably centre on Chris because that's, I think that's the other cliffhanger as well as what he, him and his uh, squad's going to get up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably where we'll go. But we've not had Chris in a mainline game since, uh, well, since six. Um, and even in the remakes, he's not been in, you know, remake two or three really. So I can see them bringing back Chris and following him going up against the. The BSA, so that, that that would be interesting. But if it's Chris, it would. Ha- how do you make that a horror game and not an action game? Is is the problem? So I, I don't know. I trust Capcom though. Capcom has been proven in the last sort of five or six years. Um, they're really trustworthy with this stuff. They've done Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three, and Four. Uh, Devil May Cry Five. Um, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, but they've got a very. Uh, they're. They're, they're, they've proven that they've, they've, they can do stuff like this well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sort of happy to see where they go. Very true, Redfield. Capcom have done some things well, but in my mind, I always think, why have they not remade Dino Crisis? Well, they made, they made that game that totally wasn't Dino Crisis. Oh, yes, yes like, was. Evil or some shite like that. And it's like, oh, cool. It's Dino Crisis without Regina in it. Cool. That's I, definitely what I want. I, I, I don't know why they're leaving money on the table. I really don't. Um, Just use the RE, like the Resident Evil engine. It's, it, it genuinely feels like leaving money on the table to me. But I'm not a Capcom executive. So uh, <laughs> one of the first things I would do was get that Dino Crisis 1 and Dino Crisis 2 remake. Um. No, oh, no, no Dino Crisis Three. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of that one, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but if they're touching it up, then why not? But see how see how they do with one first, I guess. Um, okay. Speaking of remakes, if, if there's one, if you haven't played it, I would give Dead Space uh, that oh, came out at the start of the beautiful. year. Beautiful. I remember playing one and two when they originally came back, came out, and that was the most joy I had with a, a video game for the longest time. Oh, Isaac Clark, one of the best protagonists in that engineering suit. Mwah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And they, they actually gave him a personality in this one, which is, is weird, but um, <laughs> it works. Hey, it really works. Hey, bringing back Gunner Wright was the best thing they could have done, getting the voice of it. Who is Isaac? I mean, 
I want John Cutter to do that Dead Space live action movie now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. A man can dream. But Redfield, you know, we're coming to the end of our time here. And, and you know, what I love to do with every guest, I like to propose, you know, kind of another dream situation. I want to, I want you, I'm going to mention three properties here, and I want you to pick out of that property which character you would like to base an entire on. Okay. So, first one I'm going to choose is Silent Hill 2. I mean, uh, it would have, like, I mean, it has to be Pyramid Head, doesn't it? Because other, otherwise, if it's, if it's James Sunderland, it's just like a, a green bomber jacket, isn't it? Or a green sort of military jacket. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how easy that would be to sort of wrestle in. Or, or I, I could go with Maria, um, oh. but I'd be, I'd probably be stepping on uh, Lexi Kimball's turf if I did that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll stick with Pyramid Head. There it is, there it is. The next one on the pros is Mega Man. Oh, there's one. Um, I would say X, actually. Um, oh, just X. Good. Just the sort of yeah like the sort of bigger uh bigger version or, or, or proto man or whatever he's called in europe <laughs> but, yeah um yeah absolutely that we'll go with him right. right second last one because we've got two left so i'm going to choose one here i want to choose let's say metroid it's got to be zero so, so, uh uh, uh, Samus, isn't it? I always want to call her Seamus because uh, <laughs> because because uh, of Seamus, um, which, which would be a totally different game. But uh, oh, yeah, that that yeah, I mean, Seamus doing the bro kick to a Metroid. I mean, hey, I'll take yeah. it. That would be a fun little nod in some two K twenty five game. And final one, of course, is Resident Evil. Um, um, you've got. I've always loved um, Leon's sort of. Like, like the jacket he has at the start of uh, Resident Evil 4. Mm. Um, like I've always wanted one of those jackets, but they're so hard to find one exactly like it. Um, so yeah, I, one like that. Either that or uh, Dr. Salvador would be a interesting look with the, the sort of the burlap sack. Um, but then I'd be depriving everyone of this and can wow. possibly do that to them. So It's perfect for the poster and you can't, you know, do that because you'd be lose out people buying for the you know the show so we need that exactly. exactly my friend but redfield my friends an absolute pleasure here having you on the soul sessions but what i love to do with every guest as well if they've loved what they've heard of your story and they want to see you in the ring what kind of dates have you got lined up for the future my friend um so we have a show coming up in december uh now a pwr pro uh presents i believe tickets are live for that um you can find it on the pwr pros website on their instagram on their uh twitter um that's all i've really got in the pipeline for now uh we've got two shows running in december uh the, i believe it's these so the six and the seven for the seventh and the eighth it will be on uh their website so that's uh probably where i'll next be Fair dues, my friend. And obviously, viewers, I know in this modern day and age, I've said it before, people are lazy. They want all their streaming stuff now. I can't wait for episodes. I can't be bothered finding a link. So I will be including Redfield's Instagram link of the description of this video. Click that. You can follow and gain some insight and knowledge. Well, viewers, thank you for watching another episode of The Soul Sessions. I would say the whole YouTube stick, but YouTube's been around since 2005. You know what to do. I ain't going to rebuttal it anymore. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of The Soul Sessions. Oh, if I could hit the end record button, that'd be really fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs>